Welcome to the Elevate Youth Podcast. Each week we get to experience the power of God through the Word. So kick back, relax, and get ready to hear this week's message. All right, what's up, Elevate Youth? How are you guys doing tonight? Awesome. Hey, did you guys have some fun outside before service tonight? I walked out there in the audit- or out into the lobby after doing our sound check in here, and I just smelled sweat straight up. It was like a locker room in there, but that means you guys are having fun. So, hey, like Jared said, we are so glad you guys are here. My name is Dave, and I work here at Elevate. And, and just, just as Jared also said, man, we are so excited that you guys are here every single week. Um, we just love hanging out with you guys, and we believe that the best is yet to come for your lives, and we also believe that church should be a place where you can have fun, so hopefully you're having some fun tonight. We're going to have a, a nice kind of short message this evening so we can get out and have some fun too before it gets too dark, before you go home, so we're looking forward to that. We also believe that church is a place where you can connect with God, and hopefully that tonight um, during our time of worship and then here during the message, you're going to hear from God and be able to connect with him in a way that maybe you never have before, so that's what Elevate Youth is all about, and we're so glad you guys are here. We are in this series called Fighting FOMO, something that we kicked off last week, and uh, we're really excited about this series because it's honestly, it's something that no matter where you are in your spiritual life, maybe you're still kind of testing the waters, thinking about maybe your faith, maybe you grew up in church, maybe you've never been to church before, and you're here with us tonight. This is something that every single one of us um, struggle with in life. And so we love series like that, series that are just so applicable, and you can walk out of this room um, with a better understanding of, uh, of just what God has for your life and who he created you to be. And so we, uh, we were doing this series called Fighting FOMO. Last week, we talked about, um, I put the wrong numbers on my thing, and I'm like shuffling things around. Last week, we talked about fight. Right? We said this, this is something that we said last week. We want every single one of you guys, when you graduate high school, when we graduate you out of Elevate Youth, we want you to graduate with a, a doctorate degree in fighting. We want you guys to have a doctorate degree in fighting. And not, not actual fighting like with your fist fighting, but fighting for the life that God has for you and fighting for this idea that is so prevalent in our culture. This idea that says, you know what, there's something better on the other side. The grass is greener on the other side. You always have these people. That's the problem sometimes with social media, too. You go through, and you, you, that's why we, we, we want to live vicariously through these people we follow on Instagram sometimes. And we're just always thinking that maybe there's this better life somebody else is living or something else that somebody has out there that we don't have. And so that's something that is, is going to affect all of us. And we want to be able to teach you guys how to fight that so that you can live in the life that God has right in front of you that he has right in front of you. So that's FOMO. If you don't know what FOMO means, that means fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. And again, so we looked at a couple of stories, and we're going to touch back on them again. We looked at two stories in the Bible, one in Genesis at the beginning of the Bible, one in Matthew, which is at the beginning of the New Testament. And so we're going to kind of cover, cover those again here because FOMO is really a new name for an old illness. So we've got that up there. FOMO is a new name for an old illness. This is something that's been affecting humans since the beginning of humans, since the beginning of humanity, since the beginning of of human uh, history. We've been struggling with this idea. So if we look at Genesis chapter 1, the very first book in the Bible, okay, and if you guys have a Bible, great. If you don't, Check out the Bible app if you've got a smartphone. If you'd like a printed Bible and you don't have one, seriously, let us know. We will hook you up with one before you leave tonight. So stop by the snack bar, find a leader in a purple shirt, find myself or Jared, and just say, hey, 
I need to get a Bible, and we will hook you up with one as well. But anyways, we're looking at Genesis chapter 1. Again, that's where we're starting. This is where God created the heavens and the earth, and it kind of breaks down all that God created, and really that God created that for us. He created that for humans. We see Adam and Eve. They come into the story, and really everything in all creation was created for their enjoyment and their pleasure. Then we see in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve screw all that up. That's where we see the fall of humanity. It only took humans two chapters to screw up everything that God had done for us. Two chapters is all that it took because um, it, we'll just kind of break down the story again. They're in the garden, and then basically the serpent, you know, the enemy comes in and says, well, you know, there's this tree here. I know God said that you can't eat from this tree, right? But, but there's, God, there's, there's no reason you can't eat from this tree. God's holding out on you. That's why he doesn't want you to eat from this tree. And Adam and Eve ate the fruit and then missed out on all that God had for them. And uh, so since the beginning of time, since Adam and Eve, we've been struggling with this fear of missing out and this, this idea of other people and, other, um, and our culture telling us who we are, who we have to, or how we have to live, who we have to be. And that causes us more time going back and forth, just like that guy in that video that we watched at the beginning. You go back and forth because people tell you one thing. People tell you you have to be one way. People tell you you have to dress a certain way. People tell you you have to talk a certain way. Then these people over here, they tell you that you need to talk this way, that you need to dress this way, that you need to act this way, that you need to be like this. And you'll spend so much time going back if you live in this fear of missing out. But if you take the chance to, to fight that, and you, you start walking in this understanding of who God says you are and this understanding that God's not holding out on you. Actually, it's the total opposite. God has so much for you, so much for your life. You can't even imagine it right now that the best is truly yet to come for your life. And if you, if you walk and you live in that, then your life is going to be um, completely different from those who are, who are, are living to, uh, to kind of follow what the world and what the culture is telling them, um, telling them how to live. So Genesis we look at the fall of mankind. Then in Matthew chapter 4, we see Jesus. Interesting thing about this is now we've gone through thousands of years of time in the Bible, many, many, many more chapters and books. We see the life of Jesus, and we see Satan is trying the same trick on Jesus. He's trying the same trick on Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 4. Um, he's trying to attack his identity. What he's basically saying is if you are really the son of God, then prove it. Prove it. He's out in the wilderness, and, and he basically, he, he tries a couple of different things, but he's trying to attack his identity because Jesus knew he was the son of God, right? He knew he was the son of God, but Satan's like, all right, cool. If you are, then let's prove it. Let's prove that you're the son of God. Honestly, Satan is going to, the, the easiest way that he's going to jack up your life is to attack your identity, is to get you to start questioning, who am I? Who am I supposed to be? How am I supposed to live? How am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do that? In our culture today, right, we're in really this identity crisis. We hear about identity a lot. Honestly, we, we hear a lot, and you may have experienced it in different levels in your schools. Um, we hear about it a lot on the news and in politics. I mean, this idea of identity, you have men and women choosing that they want to maybe change their identity. They want to identify as, as if they're a man, they want to identify as a woman. If they're a woman, they want to identify as a man. That happens all the way down through, through young people and students just as yourself. And here's the thing, that's not a political issue. That's not a social issue. That's a biblical issue because that's been happening from the beginning of time. From the beginning of time, people have struggled with this identity, and Satan, the enemy, tries to attack your identity because that's going to be the easiest way that he's going to throw you off track and throw you off the life that God has created you to, uh, to have. And that's what he's doing to Jesus. He's trying to say, if you're truly the son of God, prove it. And here's the thing. He hit him with three big things in this story, and this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about one of them tonight. And here's the thing, but if we can, if we can learn how to fight these three areas— then, then I'm convinced that 
that every temptation you're ever going to face in your life will fall into these three categories. And if we learn how to fight those, fight them well, fight them hard, and fight to win, then, man, you guys are going to see some incredible things happen in your life as you learn to be able to fight and resist those things. So here are the three things, three human temptations that we all fight. So the first one is this, provision. Satan basically said to Jesus, he's like, all right, cool. If you're truly the son of God, then, then turn these stones into bread. Because Jesus was fasting in this time, which means that he was going without food. And so he was, he was basically trying to say, you know what? You can provide for yourself. You don't have to rest on God to provide for you. Provide for yourself right now. Prove it. So we're not going to talk about that one tonight. We're actually going to uh, talk about that one next week. We're going to talk more about provision. All right, so look forward to that when we wrap up this series next week. Um, we're also going to skip down here to power. Power was another thing. He basically said to Jesus, hey, go up onto this mountain or onto the temple and look out over all the land. Look and, and see all of this. You can have all of that. You can have authority over all of this. All you have to do is submit to me. He was trying to tempt Jesus with this idea of power, right? That's something that we all face. We all face this, this temptation to provide for ourselves instead of relying on God, and we all want power, right? We, in some way, shape, or form, we all want that power. So he was trying to tempt him with that. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks, but tonight we're going to talk about the second one, popularity, Tonight we're going to talk about popularity, and here's what Satan was trying to do with Jesus, okay? He was trying to say, jump off the temple, right? Sounds crazy, and you might think, what does that have to do with popularity? Well, you see, the temple in Jerusalem, even to this day, thousands of years later, is this crazy popular place. There are constant, it's called the Temple Mount, there are constantly battles and riots and crazy stuff happening there, even to this day, because it's, people are fighting over the land. It's a very, very popular place, and it was popular in Jesus' time. There would have been people all over, and basically Satan was saying this, if you jump off this temple, and, and the angels swoop down, and they stop you from, from hitting the rocks and to the point where you won't even hurt yourself, man, people are going to be in awe. People are going to be like, man, that guy, man, look at him. They are going to be amazed and in awe of you if you can just prove it by doing that. So really what he was trying to say is, look, Jesus, he was trying to attack that part of his identity that, that was maybe going to crave or desire that popularity or that attention from other people. But we see, if, if you guys remember from last week, if you were here, that he used... A few weapons, one of the weapons that he used to kind of combat that was the word of God, who really just said, this is, the, this is what the scripture says, this is who God says that I am, and that was how he fight, fought that. But we're going to talk tonight about popularity. So here, real quick, on three, one, two, three, say popularity. One, two, three, popularity, popularity. Okay, here, now I need you to do one more thing. Jared did a great job of this earlier, so I know you guys can do it. On three, I want you guys to give the craziest applause and cheer that you've ever given, at least this week. Okay, maybe not ever, ever, right? And here's the thing. I also know you can do it because like a month or two ago, we gave away this shady-looking Justin Bieber black and white cutout thing, and half of you people went crazy over that. Okay, so if you went crazy for Shady Bieber, you guys can go crazy for this illustration. So on three, cheer, applaud, go crazy. One, two, three. What's up? Even Dylan was going crazy with the lights up there. Sweet. Okay, cool. That was awesome. So here's the thing, all right? We can't help but deep down crave attention and applause from people, right? I don't know if you've ever been in a position where somebody's ever cheered for you or applauded for you, but it feels good, right? It feels good to have somebody cheer for you. Even if you're that kind of person who's an introvert, you're like, I don't want people to, I don't want people to clap for me. I don't want people. When they clap for you, you're still kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. It's cool to clap for me. And here's the thing. No matter how old you are, this starts early, right? Every single week, every time I have a chance to speak, I'm going to talk about my baby girl because she's cute, and it just kind of buys some cred with you guys. So here, I've got a quick video clip, two video clips of, of my daughter, who I'm, I'm training her now to be a musician. Okay, so let's show, the, let's show that first clip here. This is her one night. 
She's playing drums for a teddy bear right there. Okay, so that's Gracie. She's, uh, she's going to be two in July, all right? So here's the thing. That's Gracie up here hanging out. You know the crazy thing was? All of a sudden, Gracie realized, wait a second. It's not just me and my dad and my teddy bear. There's people in the back of the room here who are paying attention to me. And so if you guys listen carefully, I only caught a clip of it, but if you listen carefully at the beginning of this next clip, you're going to hear a couple people who are standing back at the sound booth cheering for her, right? They're just like, yay, Gracie, yay, Gracie. And then watch her response when she hears it. Go ahead, play that other clip. And then she like looks up, you know what I mean? So here's the thing. Even at that age, right, everybody cheers for her. She gets a little bashful. She's like, oh my gosh, you know, but she knows. She knows people are cheering for her. She plays a little bit, and I've got three or four more drum clips after that. She plays a little bit, and then she stops. And then everybody back there goes, yay! And she's like, oh, do, 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 you know? Here's the thing. Gracie, who, she can't color in the lines yet. She can't cook her own food yet. She can walk, but not in a perfectly straight line yet. I mean, really, like little kids like that, they're basically like these little drunk people, right? That's just really what they are. They cry for no reason. They can't walk in a straight line. They're just whatever. So that's basically what she is. But here's the thing. Even at that age, even at that age, she knows that it feels good to have people applaud for you, that it, it feels good to have people cheering for you. Here's the other thing. We, we learn from a young age that the opposite is true, right? To not feel accepted by people does not feel good. Right, to have that feeling where you're not being accepted or people aren't in your corner cheering you on. Man, that does not feel good. And here's the thing, again, like at Elevate Youth, we want you to feel that you belong here. We talk about that a lot too. We want you to feel like you belong here. Honestly, I, I don't know where you guys are at in your lives right now, but you could be somebody who goes through school all day, all day on a Wednesday, all morning, all afternoon, feeling like you're not accepted, feeling like you're not part of a crowd at all, cool crowd or not. You don't even have a crowd. You don't even have a crew. You don't feel accepted. You don't feel like you belong. You can feel like that all day Wednesday, but when you come here, you belong. You've got a spot here. You've got a squad here. You've got leaders who love you. We think that you guys are awesome, and that's what Elevate Youth is all about. So here's the thing. The big idea for tonight is that we have to decide how we're going to fight when it comes to popularity. So I want to challenge you guys with this, to think about what are the things that you guys celebrate in your life? What are the things that you guys, um, what are the things that you're retweeting or if you got the repost app on Instagram, what kind of things are you reposting? What is it that you're, you're applauding or cheering for in your life? And I'll break it down a little bit more here, but maybe what are the things that you're trying to do to earn popularity in your life? Because here's the thing, the search for popularity, that's a slippery slope. I was talking to uh, Daniel, who was playing drums tonight. He's in med school, so he's all, like, doctorly and everything. And, and we were talking about it. Here's the thing about, like, social media, okay? I know that we've all done this before. If you've got a social media account, you've done it before. You posted something, then you kind of keep refreshing your feed, refreshing your feed. You're just waiting for that little heart to be like, bloop. You know what I mean? You refresh. As soon as you see that like, here's the thing. They've done studies that prove that when you see someone like your post on Instagram or Facebook, that it releases these chemicals in your brain that are the same chemicals that are released when you do drugs. You literally get high when somebody likes your post on Instagram. Seriously. Okay? Maybe to varying degrees. Maybe some of you guys jump up and down. Maybe it depends on who likes it. I've got a friend of mine who, like, tags certain people, like, just to get famous people to kind of like their post. You know what I mean? And then it's like, that's like his whole week. Dude, what happened this week? I want a million dollars, but the dude from this band, he liked my post on Instagram way better than a million dollars. You know what I mean? Some people get all crazy about that. But here's the thing, just like drugs, here's the thing, just like drugs and, and looking for popularity, 
You're going you're gonna to search for popularity. You're going to try and, try and find that popularity in all different ways. But here's the thing. It's, it's a drug that is not going to last very long. You're going to have to try and get more and more and more and more of it. And soon you're going to find yourself doing some crazy things, things that you maybe never thought you, you would find yourself doing to get and to earn that popularity. So that search for popularity is a slippery, slippery slope. Even hashtags, right? Everybody knows what hashtags are, right? If you were to ask people, like, how do you get more people to like your photos, everybody say, use a ton of hashtags, right? Like, you put hashtag baby, hashtag drums, hashtag beautiful, hashtag drumsticks, hashtag, you know what I mean? Like, you go through and you put all those hashtags on there because people who are searching for hashtag baby, hashtag drums, hashtag sticks, all those different things are going to see your picture and like it. That's how you get more likes. That's how you get more followers. That's not even what that was invented for, Right? Hashtags weren't invented for that. Hashtags were invented so that if, like, you're interested in cats, you can look at hashtag cats and just check out cats, right? But now we use that as a method to try and get more likes and more applause from people. It's such a huge part of our culture today. So here's the thing. When it comes to your life, listen up real quick here. When it comes to your life, what is it that you're trying to find applause for? What is it that you're trying to find applause for? The first question I asked was, what are you applauding? What kind of things are you celebrating in your life? But maybe what kind of things are you looking to get people to celebrate you for? Ladies, here's the thing. Are you, girls, you have the choice every single day, every single day for the whole rest of your life. You've got to make a choice. Am I going to dress? Am I going to dress for the applause of other people? Am I going to dress so that other people notice me? Or am I going to dress for, some, for a reason entirely different? And all of us, guys and girls, we all have the choice every single day, and we will for the whole rest of your life, to choose the words that we say, the jokes that we make, the, the comments and the conversations that we engage in. Are we going to engage in those things or say things um, a, a certain way just to be able to, to kind of get that applause from people or to kind of be in with the crowd that talks a certain way? I mean, are we going to do that, or are we going to choose our words um, for an entirely different reason? And there are people, and maybe you guys know people like this, Maybe you're in this room tonight and you're this person. People who are constantly searching for popularity. Constantly searching for popularity. There are other people, maybe you guys know people like this. I've got a lot of friends like this. There are people who, who make it their entire life mission to go opposite from what the popular culture is, right? They go counter culture. They want to go the opposite. They want to dress different. They want to talk different. They want to listen to different music. They want to be different from what the popular kids are doing, right? You guys know people like that? Well, here's the thing about that. They are still letting popularity dictate their lives. They're still letting the pop, what the popular kids are doing, they're saying, I'm not going to do that. They're still letting that decide who they are, what they do, and how they live. It's something that we all struggle with no matter who you are, whether you're trying to be a popular kid or you're trying to intentionally be the opposite from them. We all struggle with this idea of popularity. So what is it that you guys are celebrating in your lives? And what is it that you're trying to get um, celebration for in your lives. And here's the thing. Popularity wants you to, to bow your knee and submit to it. But here's the thing. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to prove anything. There's a, a youth pastor that we all look up to around here um, from uh, South Carolina, Brad Cooper. He says this. This was a quote that was awesome. He says, it's amazing what you can do for Jesus when you, when you don't have anything to prove. When you can have that freedom from feeling like I have to prove myself or I have to be in with this crowd or I have to be a certain way. When you can free yourself from that, it's going to be amazing what you can do for Jesus. And it's, I'll take it a step further. It's going to be amazing to see what Jesus is going to do in you and for you when you allow yourself to live the life that he has for you as well. So here's the thing, ladies. You don't have to dress or act uh, 
you don't have to dress or act a certain way to be able to get somebody to notice you, right? Because here's the thing. God notices you. He already notices you. He knows the, the number of hairs on your head. He knows you better than you know yourself because he created you. So God already sees you. God already loves you for who you are. You don't have to prove anything by the way you dress or the way you act for other people. Men, here's the other thing. You guys don't have to try and look at what culture today says, this is what it means to be a man. Some of those things in today's culture that say this is what is a man, maybe those are, maybe those are valid. But you know what? You're also going to find other people who, say, who treat women like garbage, who treat women like objects, who pursue relationships just for what they can get out of it instead of, you know, maybe what God wants to do in the middle of that relationship. I mean, that's what a lot of people in today's world say, this is what it means to be a man. Well, here's the thing. False. False. Guys, listen to me right now. Jesus was a man, Right? Jesus was a man, and if you look at what Jesus did and how he interacted with people, especially women in his culture, if you think that maybe women are objectified in today's culture, back then they were like nothing. They were like second-class citizens. Here's the thing, but Jesus loved them and encouraged them, and he defended them. There's a story in, uh, in John chapter 8, I believe, where he stood up for this girl that, that the religious men, the real men in that culture, were getting ready to stone her. I'm just, I'm just going to say, this was, the, this was a girl that everybody was just, she was the slut, right? I'm going to say the word because that's what it is. And that's a word that I know that you guys hear. That's a word that they still use today in today's culture, right? It's horrible. It's horrible. That's who this woman was. And Jesus went to the real men, to the religious men who were getting ready to stone her. And, and he basically drew this line in the sand. He basically said, bring it. Step across. You know what I mean? He's basically saying, come on, step across it. If you think that you've got the right to be able to stone her because of what she's done and because she had cheated on her husband is why they wanted to do this. All right, cool. Let's see what you've got in your closet. And here's the thing. They all scattered away. And it was only Jesus and the woman left. And he said to her, he said, it's kind of funny if you really think about it. He says, where did the people go who were going to accuse you? He's like, they're gone. He's like, that's right. They don't condemn you, and neither do I. He stuck up for those people, and so he embraced um, the people who were cast out from society, and especially women who were being marginalized by men. So here's the thing. Men, boys in this room, gentlemen in this room, whatever, if you think that being a man means making a woman um, or a girl a an object, you've got it completely wrong because that's not at all how Jesus lived. And so here's the thing. You can look at the life of Jesus to see, um, see, to see what your motives should be and how you should live your life. And so what are your motives? What are your motives? I want to challenge you guys to think about this. What are your motives then in, in the decisions that you make in your life? What are you trying to get out of it? We've talked about this before. In every moment of every day, you are applauding something. You are applauding something in every day. If it's a, if it's a word that you use um, because you heard some other, some other person use the word, and you're really, you're applauding that. Maybe it's a word that you know you shouldn't be popping out of your mouth, but you are. You're really applauding that. You're celebrating that way of talking. So what are your motives? Because in every single thing that you do in your life, you are applauding something. If you say you're a Christian, right? If you're a Christian, who should you be applauding? Who should you be applauding if you say you're a Christian? If you're not applauding and you're not celebrating Jesus in every single thing that you do in some way, shape, or form, then maybe you're not quite hitting the mark the way that you should. If you say you're a Christian, you spend more time, um, I mean, do you spend more time celebrating that God of the universe or trying to get people to celebrate you? 
And here's the thing. I know that if I were to look at your calendar and see how you guys spend your time, if I were to look at your Instagram feed, and if I were to listen to the words that you say, if I were to look at how you guys spend your money, if some of you guys make some allowance, some of you guys have jobs, if I were to look and see how you spend your money, make me a list of all of those things, I can tell you what you guys celebrate in your lives. I can tell you what's important in your life. So if you're saying that you're a Christian and you should be celebrating the God of the universe, then, then prove it. Then prove it. Now, I'm not trying to throw shade at you guys. I'm not trying to, like, push you over, you know, but I'm trying to challenge you with this because here's the thing. When we look at FOMO, we, we see two things. We see Genesis chapter 3, right? Team Adam and Team Eve, right? One of Team Eve. Team Adam and Eve, we'll lump them together, one team, right? Team Adam and Eve, the Matthew chapter 4, Team Jesus, right? They're both fighting the same, same battle, but they had two very, very different outcomes and two very different uses of time and words and energy in fighting that fear of missing out. In, uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16, here's what this says. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest, ooh, that's hard to read. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, that's Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. So if you're saying that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you need to hold firmly to that faith that you profess. In, in verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Verse 16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Here's the thing. When you're in that time of need, when you're in the, the fight of your life and you're fighting that fear of missing out, here's the thing. Jesus gets you. He understands you because he's been there. It says right there in God's word that, that we don't have this high priest. We don't have a Jesus who's unable to understand where you're at or understand what you're facing or what you're struggling with. We have one who is tempted in every single way just like you are. But he did not sin. It says that he did not sin. And, and it's hard. Jesus also gets this. Jesus gets that we're going to ask this question like, but what are people going to think? What will people think if I choose to live my life in a way that's different from the way everybody else is living? What, what, are, what will people think if I'm not talking like them? What will people think if I don't dress like them? What will people think if I don't treat boys the way that they want to treat their relationships with boys? What, if they, what, what are they going to think if I don't treat girls the way that they think that I should treat girls? What are they going to think if I'm, not, if I'm not vaping with them, if I'm not drinking a little bit with them, if I'm not doing the things that they do? Then what are they going to think about me? Jesus gets that. Jesus gets that. He knows what you're going through. And here's the thing. It's not because God doesn't want you to have fun. It's the opposite of that. God wants you to have the most fun. God wants you to have the most joy. God wants you to have the most fulfillment. God wants you to have the most freedom. He doesn't want you walking through middle school and high school carrying shame and regret and confusion and all this back and forth. He wants you to have the most out of your life. So he's not trying to put limits on you. He's trying to turn your life into this limitless force that is going to literally change the world. And it's all going to start with you making that decision to fight. Making that decision to say, I'm not going to go for what's popular. I'm not going to go for what people say that I should be or what I should do. I'm going to go for what Jesus did and who Jesus says that I am. And you can do it because he's, he gets you. He's been there. And he's going to give you everything that you need to be able to fight that. Tonight, you know, if you struggle with those things and you put your faith in him, maybe for some of you it's for the very first time. Maybe it's, maybe... 
you're just realizing you're not hitting that mark the way that you should, he will give you everything that you need to be able to fight that starting tonight. Starting tonight. So everybody go ahead and close your eyes and bow your head. We, we're going to end this just a little bit differently than how we normally do. Tonight, just with every eye closed, every head bowed, we just want you to have a conversation with God. Have a, have a conversation with God. Be honest with God. Think about the decisions maybe that you've been making in your life because of what other people think. Maybe they're decisions that aren't based on the Bible. Maybe you've been making them because of what your friends think, because of what your boyfriend or your girlfriend think, or maybe even because of what your parents think. But you've been making decisions that, that maybe you know aren't the decisions that you should have been making. Maybe you've been choosing to dress or talk or act a certain way. Man, and you know that that's not what God has for you. That's not what God wants you to do. So be honest with him. Be honest and say, God, help me through this. And, and with every eye closed and every head bowed, here's the thing in Romans 12, 2. It says, do not conform to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't allow your life and your thoughts and your actions to go the way that the world says they are, but allow your life to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word renewing means God changing your mind, and that's what he's doing tonight. Be honest with God. Think about the decisions and choices you're making in your life. And here's the thing. He's going to start changing your mind. He's going to change your mind about the way you dress. He's going to change your mind about the way you talk. He's going to change, the mind, change your mind about the way you spend your money, about the jokes you make, about the relationships you have. He can change your mind. And if that's you tonight and you're sitting here and you're like, man, I don't really have this relationship with Jesus. And you've maybe never really heard about the cost that, that, that Jesus paid, the price that he paid for you by giving his life and that he rose again so that you can also have new life. And you are missing out on something that's going to not only change your life here on earth, but it's going to change the entire trajectory of your eternity. And we would love to pray with you and help you begin that relationship. And so if that's you tonight, if that's you tonight, allow God to continue speaking to you. Allow him to, to help change those things in your heart and change those things in your mind. And then soon as we're done, you find a leader. You find anybody wearing a purple shirt who looks like they should be a leader. And you say, you know what? I need to step it up, and I need this relationship with God who's going to help me fight this fear of missing out, fight this fear of, um, of needing to be popular, or else I'm not going to have what I need in my life. And they would be happy to pray with you through that. But as you guys are just conversing with God and you're just being honest with him, I just want to pray for you guys tonight. So, God, I just thank you for each and every student sitting in this room. God, I thank you that you gave us a high priest, that you gave us a Lord and Savior, your son, Jesus, who came to this earth, who struggled with everything that we struggle with, who faced the same temptation that we faced. We thank you that, that just as he had the strength and the courage to, to fight through that and to not allow people or culture to, to, to sway who he was or, or cause him to, to leave the track in the, in the life that you had for him and the plans you had for him. And we know that he will give each and every student here that same strength and that same courage to live the life that you have for them, God. So we thank you for that. Jesus, we thank you for all that you are, for all that you're doing. Help us make those decisions. Help us live 
the way that you've called us and created us to live. Help us learn how to fight, to fight well, to fight hard, and to fight to win. Transform our hearts and transform our minds. Jesus, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you want to learn more about Elevate Youth, check us out on Instagram by searching EC Youth or on Facebook. See you next week.